Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Rick. Uh, if you folks could only hear what we what comes out of our mouth before we hit record. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's been a big week for Remy. She got her eyebrows waxed. I got them threaded. I don't do waxing. I thread them, which is... My God. Yeah. That sounds so bougie, Remy. It's better. Well, because I have like giant bushy eyebrows. And so I don't want them like thin, but I want them like nicely trimmed. And so, uh, yeah. It fits uh, with my unassumingly bougie title for you. <laughs> you know, and it's always I like. Do not get my eyebrows threaded. And if you've seen me, you would realize I probably don't get my eyebrows waxed either. <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> I, I mean, I used to do it a lot. I think it's been like two years since I got my eyebrows done. They were getting like rather unmanageable. And uh, we had a giant break in between baseball games. So uh, we went and got something to eat. And it was like, I was such a hot mess on Saturday. James went to a cow sale. So I thought I shaved my legs, but I missed a giant patch on the back of my legs. And then I put on uh, running pants that had a hole in the side that continued to get bigger. So, um, after the first, I just, I was a hot mess after the first two games and it was picture day. So I was like, it's a lot going on. And so I, uh, went to big five and bought a pair of running pants that did not have a hole in them. And then I got my car washed and then I was still trying to kill time. And I was like, I'm going to go get my eyebrows threaded. So yeah. If I, I do have to, I mean, I, when I was working outside of the home and not on the farm, I bet that I was getting my eyebrows waxed at least monthly, at least monthly. Now there's definitely big intervals in there um, to the tune of like six months. If I did not, if I went for two years, there's a good chance that you would confuse my eyebrows and my eyelashes or my eyebrows for my eyelashes. They would definitely be like together because I've got super dark hair and it grows fast. Yeah, I get like they got it got a little un. I mean, it's been more than a little unruly. So, but I didn't get them made that much smaller. I just they cleaned them up. But it's always like Indian or Persian girls that um, do them, and they have very pretty sculpted, thicker eyebrows. So, you know, you know, I is like I feel like a new woman after I get my eyebrows done because they're usually so bad. You just look different. You feel better. <laughs> I like it. And all, the girl was like, she's like working on my right eyebrow. And I was like, yeah, I know my left one's the good one. Like my left one's all nice and shapey. My right one's just here. There's like, all right. I think we all have that. Yeah. Everyone's got a good My uh, My cousin was an esthetician for a while. And she was like, oh, you know, remember eyebrows are sisters, not twins. And I was like, but my eyebrows, like this guy that you think, you know, on the street, that you think is someone on the street and you wave and then they wave back at you. And you're like, I don't know that person. That's what my eyebrows are. To each other. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Um, I've had a change of scenery this past week and we came back to Minnesota. I uh, got back here on Saturday night. Um, me and the boys, Brennan's already went back to, um, Arizona for a while. He took his nineties country with him. He did. Oh God. I, I couldn't say anything because he did me a solid favor by <laughs> driving my scared ass home. Um, he wouldn't even let me drive when we got to roads. I knew he was like, I'm like, I'll drive. And he was like, no, no, you won't. I'm taking this train home. I'm like, okay. 
but yeah, he, I hate, I hate nineties music and he made me listen to it for hours. And I felt like my ears were bleeding and it was terrible. It was freaking terrible. Couldn't bitch about it. Cause I knew if I'd bitch about it, then he'd bitch back at me for making him do this journey across the United States. So kept my mouth shut. And it was like, when you called, you're like, oh, we're in the middle of New Mexico. And I was like, I just, I didn't realize Minnesota was that far from Arizona. It's a long ways. It's a long ways, folks. Um, yeah. And actually it is not like, I was ex fully expecting, because they've had so much snow here this winter, fully expecting everything to be a mud mess. And it's not, it's, it's dry. It's beautiful. The sun's been shining every day since we've been home. It's been, it's been okay. And Minnesota's trying to trick you back into coming home. Yeah. Um, probably not happening because it's still extremely cold. Like, extremely cold. My furnace is set at 70 degrees. And I, am like, have all the willpower I can muster up not to turn it to 75 for me. I'm freezing at night. Like, freezing. So, not, I mean, and this is, like, we're at the, we're at the tail end of the cold season. And I'm still freezing. Yeah, spring is officially springing here in California, so it's cold it at night, too. and uh, very hot during the day. So you know, it's uh, and it tricks you because it's like foggy and overcast and misty in the morning, and then by like, it's eighty by like eleven o'clock. Isn't that wild? That's wild. Yeah. So I will again in here. <laughs> I will again collect sweatshirts in my uh, in my barn for a while, but you know oh it's supposed God. to be ninety by this weekend. And then it's supposed to be mid seventies. I would just like it to be mid seventies for a little bit. I don't need to go from 50 to 90. Like I, uh -huh. yeah. What is so weird about this whole Arizona to Minnesota, Minnesota to Arizona is um, like unlocking a door and walking in to a life that you haven't lived for six months with things that you haven't seen for six months, like picking right back up where you left because I mean, the houses are furnished and filled with everything that you would need. I don't take, the only thing we take back and forth now is clothes. So it's just, it's a very bizarre feeling. And it actually like, I kind of on Sunday, I was kind of like, I just felt wonky because it's weird. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's such a different feeling. And the clothes situation, I thought I purged before we left. I purged before we left Arizona to come here and we still have a ton of shit. I'm like, it's because you got your 64 items in a Ziploc bag from Sheen while you were there. <laughs> no, actually I haven't ordered anything off of Sheen since I left here. I've been very good. Very good. Now, uh, also a quick shout out to uh, Dan Dan and Spud Denmark for winning the 14 and a half at, U at the U S finals. Uh, Dan helped build like our pretty round pen and a lot of our cattle pens here. And we used to partner with him on some roping cattle, but so. What are we talking about? So the U.S. team roping finals is going on right now. Oh, team and, roping. Yeah. I'm so, glad that we uh, clarified that because I, I thought that you were talking about uh, USTPA and I was no, like. So the USTRC final. So Dan, Dan won with his son, Spud, and Drew was interviewing him for the, for like their win, right? And he made sure that he called his wife in and he gave a lot of credit to Brady. So it was very nice. It was very nice of him to call his that wife up for the interview. Quite nice. Shout that out to those boys because they're awesome. But 
it was a lot of money. I'm not honestly, I think Dan does one more at the World Series, but it's pretty cool to win the 14 and a half with your son. So that's that's pretty neat. Um you know, I think the same okay, so not to the same extent, because I'm not I'm not trying to minimize your move back to Minnesota, but it's like uh James and I were going to Hulk Cows yesterday and we were talking about he goes, We only put on Reno one year. I said, No, we put on Reno two years. He's like, No, we didn't. So he goes, you want to bet me? And I was like, no, because then I thought I was wrong. But I searched through all of our stuff to find the photos from two separate shows that we put on there. And uh, I was right. And we put two different shows oh there. God. But it's the same thing, like, when we rent certain arenas, right? And some of them don't get used a lot. But you walk into that building, and it's a, it's a weird feeling to step back into something yeah. that's... Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, not minimizing the difference that it's for no, you, but no, it's no, a very no. weird... I I know what you're talking about, though, and I don't know how to explain it. I don't, I mean, it's not like a sad feeling. It's not a happy feeling. It's just a, it's a weird feeling. And, um, but it's all good and it goes away and life continues. But uh, big weekend this weekend, um, Bronson and I, well, Bronson and I leave tonight um, and I am driving proud three hours i know dear lord please don't help me have a flat tire <laughs> uh um it's top hand cowgirl this weekend at straight rail and i just wanted to do a very quick shout out because we had a lot of amazing sponsors step to the plate once again this year um have you ever heard of that 100x equine remy yes the gut x and um which is the other one? I know for Yeah. It's the Gut X and the Osteomax. Um, they've been doing a lot of advertising most recently. They literally sent us six thousand dollars worth of product, half gallons of both of those products for all of our competitors. Um, we were blown away by that. That was a super nice surprise. Uh Buffalo Country Store once again donated stuff for our events. Raw Designs, they've been with us for the begin from the beginning. Um, Rachel will be there. If you haven't met her, make sure you stop by and say hi to her. AgriSales, Jackie Todd has done an amazing job. She's a friend, a longtime friend, and she reps brands like Vetrison, Probios, Miller, um, Straight Arrow. Straight Arrow donated a lot. Straight Arrows, Cowboy Magic, Exhibitor, and Mane and Tail, and they donated thousands of dollars worth of product for the event. Um, Kaylin Irwin, she does, I don't I don't know how to say it. Like, what is that when you do, like, wood design and you etch? on? There's a name for that. I don't know what it's called, though. On what? Like, what does she etch it on? Like, she's what, etching on wood. Wood carving, wood etching, I don't know. No, it's like something with a P. <coughs> Petroglyphs is not well, it. Pyrography. That. That. That is what she fire. does. I can't it's even say that word. Fire. Pyrography. So she has that. She does what Remy just said. And she donated two wood plaques um, as a Tough Luck Award and for the overall. And then Ava Essler, who has been one of our longtime competitors, She's donating some mule tape halters that she just started making. So, and our wash rack is going to be filled with all of the products from Straight Arrow once again this year. 
lots of things going on this weekend. We start with all day clinics tomorrow, which we're over full. We're over full for our mini clinic on Friday. And then we start with a competition on Friday night and Saturday. Huge shout out to Allie Nordball and Jan Rooney or Jan Nordball for all of their help that they've done. If it literally wasn't for those two girls, none of this would probably be happening because they keep me in line. So I just had to get that all out there. Sorry. And maybe you'll see some more pocket pets this year at your top hand capital challenge. Just about spit my coffee out because I wasn't sure what you were going to say right there. And <laughs> pretty early in the morning for the direction I thought you were going with that. I said pocket pets. I was talking about a vet that in a way. Oh my. No. Everyone accuses me of saying worse things than I say. Okay. What else? Oh, Bodie's going to his first horse show by himself this weekend. Should be interesting. I'm a little nervous, but I'm more excited for him. He's a good kid. He won't get in too much trouble. No, time. yeah, I don't. I'm excited. I think I'm excited for him because he's excited because he's got to really step up to the plates and he's got to help me at home. And, and he's been helping me a lot. He's, he's super good help. Um, but yeah, so he's got to take care of his own horse and I'm just excited to hear his stories of his first little adventure by himself. Well, look at us, look at us letting our kids go places. I, I know. know it's the only place, but you know, which leads us into our topic today. I feel like that was a really good segue, and I didn't even mean look it. Look at you, like look at you circling it back around. I know. Um, on the way home this weekend, I had a really good conversation with a friend, who, in her words, she calls herself a master. I'll let you handle what that is, Remy. So, uh, in our ranch sorting and team penning world, a mas the, the masters division is set up for people either 50 or 55 and over. I'm going to be honest. I see the people in there and I don't think there's any way they're that old. So it always confuses me about who's in the masters. Well, we're going to be there soon. I'm going to be yeah. there soon. You know, I'm creeping. If it's 50, I'm 12 years away. So it's creeping up on me. Um, it's a little less for me. So anyway, her and I were having a conversation and she considers herself a master. Her kids have left the nest. Um, she has one horse, she has a dog, she works uh, nights, I believe. And she just said um, to me, as our conversation was going, she said, you know, I don't think that you realize like some of the things that you girls talk about or some of the things that you girls do or the things that you're doing with your family, what they, what they mean to to people like me who are masters because we've lost that piece of our life. Basically, I'm very much summarizing what she said. Um, we've lost that piece of our life basically. And we want to hold on to your coattails a little bit and feel that excitement and energy and get our, get that, that excitement and energy back into our life because we're at a stage or a chapter in our life where that's all left and it's sad. And I got sad kind of talking to her because I under, I didn't understand. Oh, Remy's gone. You were gone. It's you. It's you. 
I'm gone again. No, you're good. You're here. Oh, um, I didn't, I never looked at it that way. And I never thought about that, that I do now. I didn't maybe thought about it for myself, but I didn't think of it, think of it in terms of others. And she just said, it's really lonely because I have nothing like you girls have things that you live for like a lot, like the chaos of the baseball and the shows and God knows whatever else we're doing. That was once their life too. And now it's not. And they go home and sit and look and think. And so, yeah, she's like, would love to have some advice for what to do in that master part of your life stage or cycle. Um, and we're not there, but we certainly can talk about it because just like letting go of Bodhi this weekend, I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's not easy. I'm, I'm sad because he's to the point that he can do things like that. And I'm fully trusting of him and I feel good about it. I know that he will be fine, but it means he's growing up. No, and I think it's like, I see it with my, particularly with my mom and my mom and I are really close, right? But for her, so she was part of, like my mom's always really been a hard, hard worker physically and, and um, mentally. But so she was always part of, like she and my dad built that horse training business together, right? My dad's a thoroughbred trainer, but she was always there on the backside and then taking care of clients and doing all the things and still making sure that we got to every sports function and just really living a very chaotic and high functioning life. Right. I had gymnastics before or after school. I showed hunters and jumpers, my brother, I played soccer. I played baseball. My brother played baseball. My brother played hockey. We like went all the places all the time, never missed anything. And then, um, when my parents got divorced, there was this giant, vacuum in her life right because she wasn't needed not in the same way now my brother had graduated he was going to college i was about 13 so she still had to take care of me but it created this giant vacuum in her life that it wasn't filled because she wasn't busy and she lived her life serving somebody else right she, serving she serving everybody else never serving herself except the time that she'd never had before yeah. And, and she, but she'd built her whole life. She was the oldest of her brothers and sister or her brother and sisters. She'd taken care of them her whole life, right? Her whole life had been a life of servitude to other people. And it used to make me so angry. And it still makes me angry sometimes because my mom is an amazing person, not just for what she does to me, right? She has so much good to give to the world, to herself, to other people. And you watch her get crippled by not being enough for someone by not, um, because she does not know how to function when she's not in servitude to other people. She never really gained that voice of yeah. who she is. And it's terrifying for me. And I think that's what it is, is like, I get angry because it's terrifying. What if you've only lived your life for someone else? Now I'm selfish and, you know, I haven't only lived my life for me. Do I live my life in, in servitude to some people? Yes and no. Because I'm also the person that if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, go fuck yourself. Like, but I didn't, I didn't live my life that way. Right. Like I did everything to not model myself and not, not consciously, not consciously at all. Did I not want to model after her? But I saw what a life lived for someone else leaves you with when they eventually leave you. And, and most people are going to leave you. That sounds horrible, 
but it's true. And also death and yeah, you know, like they move on with their life. Or the other thing is if you've modeled yourself to be the servant to that person, I think there's an animosity that grows there. Honestly, like when you, when you look at a lot of divorces and I've seen this in a lot of divorces, the wife that does everything for those people, it ends up being never enough because they've lost their whole identity to be that for that person. And then that person resents it later. So you know, I, I do, I see it with my mom. So she doesn't miss any of my boys' baseball games. Um, you know, like James is always the one that makes sure that we invite her to dinner, that we do all these things because he wants to keep her included for as much as those two fight sometimes. He still wants to keep her included. And for me, sometimes I just want to be left alone. And it's not just by her, it's by everyone, right? I want to be left alone. And it's this whole guilt of a daughter right i don't want her to feel like she's not wanted but i also have to build my whole life but you look at it and it's it's sad because she's lived her life for first my dad first her brothers and sisters and her parents and then for my dad and then for my brother and then for me and like i talked about it she'll hide behind my kids right oh i can't do this because i have to take care of them and then people are like oh you use your mom as a slave. She doesn't do these things. And I was like, if she told me she had somewhere to be, right? If she's like, I'm going to go to the movie with so-and-so, I'd be like, awesome, great, go have fun. But she doesn't vocalize when she has somewhere to be because she likes taking care of them. And I, that's how she functions. She's functioned as a serv in servitude to so many people. And I get so mad because like my mom is immensely talented as an artist uh, she started making cakes for a while, was immensely talented at that. Like everything she does, she's so talented and she's very smart and she's very funny and she's very kind, but she never learned how to step into that as a person, you know, and now she's older and it's the same thing with the other lady we're talking about. She's always kind of been in relationships that put her second. Well, now you're left with no one and it's nobody's fault, right? Your kids are going to leave the house eventually. You can't rely on them to be your well, only source of life. And I don't think you realize it until you're past that, right? Like, I yeah. don't. <laughs> I'm also still dying for that, yes. I think that the, um, like for the woman that I was talking to, for her, she needs a push. She needs, like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't known her for, you know, lot, you've known her for a lot longer than I have. So I don't know but I feel like I would be this way too. Like after you get in that routine of going to your job, checking all the boxes there, coming home, doing your chores, maybe getting some ride time, taking care of uh, your farm, you get into that routine. Like that is what, who you are. That is what you do every day. It's really hard to get out of that routine, like to do something else. Because now she has the opportunity to do something else that she's never had before. But she's scared. Because that's, that's, uh, that's what she said is super comfortable for me to go to work. That's where I'm the most comfortable. I know exactly what I've got to do. I don't I've got nobody pushing me. But it's boring. It's boring. And she wants more. And she's... Well, and it's, again, it's like such a, it's not just a female thing, but it is, right? You've built your life in certain stages and then you're waiting for, you know, it's, 
I think as women, we let a lot of things happen to us, right? We get the job because it shows up, right? We get married because there's that whole theory that it doesn't, you're not marrying the right person. You're just getting married at the right time. Like, have you seen that deal? It's like you, so there's this whole theory about, it's not about if you were right or wrong for him or he was right or wrong for you. It's what stage were you at in your life when you met the person that you married? Because it's not about personalities, right? It's about timing. And again, it's letting life happen to you. And, you know, I it, it I think it's scary for a lot of older people just in general. And But I think women, it's even worse, right? Because you've always had someone you could care for, someone you could take care of, something you could nurture. And it sounds so sexist and horrible, but it's true. There's a comfort in that, right? It's like, okay, so I have to take care of my kids, right? Or now I have to help him do these things or help her do these things. I have to do all the steps. And then you're kind of faced with time of sitting there alone and doing something else. And I think too, you know, like as you get older, especially if you're not married anymore, like I've talked to a lot of older women that go through some bad breakups, right? Because they think that was the person they were going to kind of finish their life with. And for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. And then they don't feel attractive or they don't feel as funny or they don't feel as charming because of whatever reason. And then it just shuts you off further. I know plenty of, I, and I know the flip side to be true. I know a lady that didn't go to law school until she was 60. She was a badass attorney for a long time, but she was just like, I had to force myself to get out of the house to go do something. And I was like, oh, because law school seems like the right answer for that, right? Like, not she really even, jumped when she, yeah, she, I mean, she committed to it. But I, I think that, you know, you feel like you're not enough, especially as women, we feel like we're not enough. But, you know, go, go to a horse show, go talk to people. And, and I know this sounds horrible. And I think as you get older, you go one of two ways. Like I was already there. So I'll probably be even worse about it. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Nobody cares. Right. They don't, you're not you embarrassed. You don't want to be a burden either. Yeah. So, but like, but nobody cares because you're not a burden. Go be yourself because there's so much value. But in our head people. tells us that. A hundred percent our head. Our head tells me. That yeah. But we're a you're not a burden to people and you have value, right? You have value in, in a lot of what you do, no matter who you are as a person or you, so, or you see the other women that really just don't give a shit when they get older, right? It's like, fuck it. I'm going to dye my hair teal. I'm going to wear the crop top. I don't care if I'm wrinkled. I'm going to do all the things I ever wanted to do. So I think you have to embrace a little bit of that. Like it's your life. And if you don't start living it, someone else is going to live it for you. Or you're going to go home and sit in sleep mode, right? Like just going through the motions and that's a wasted life. To be honest with you though, until I, I mean, she apologized. She's like, I feel like this is a super heavy conversation. And I'm like, no, no, I, I mean, it is, but I've never thought about it. And I shouldn't say I've never thought about it because I think about it in my own, yeah. like for myself, like we always kind of joke that there's a good chance that our kids could still live with us because I am, even though they make me wild and I freak out all the time, I love my kids and I'm, it's weird. It is a joke. I hope they do go out and spread their wings and fly. I don't want to keep them forever, but um, I'm also not looking forward to the day that they are gone and I'm not the one taking care of them anymore. 
And I think about that often because it's really not that long. I mean, Bodhi is 14, soon to be 15. He turns 15 May 13th. So um, his he's going to be 15. He's going to be driving soon. We really don't have that many years left with him. And I don't like thought of that. So when she brought this conversation up to me, I get everything that she's saying. I get how it's hard to step out of your comfort zone, even though that's what she wants. She wants out of her comfort zone. And it's easy to say, do it. That's what I told her. Yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, it. it's, again, I, I think I probably do have a different perspective, right? Because I watched, I watched my mom go through it. I watched my mom still go through it. <coughs> so it is a different perspective. <coughs> I cannot believe I'm still sick. <coughs> but, um, <coughs> hold on. <coughs> you should have been drinking like some hot tea this morning or something. I had hot tea and honey and water. I am still dying. Probably multiple times. Oh, yeah. Multiple. So, I, I, I again, I think my perspective is different, right? Because I watched someone that their whole life be in servitude to someone else or, or always in relation to somebody else. And, um, I see, you know, I see the loneliness and I think the other thing, like you and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday. I think when we're younger, we think our parents have all the answers, right? Like they know what they're doing. Why they should give me advice because they've been here longer. And now that I'm a parent, I realize they were just fucking winging it too, hoping that they had answers. But I think it's hard when you, when you're younger, you see your parents as infallible, right? They know everything. They should know everything. And then you hit a certain stage of your life. And then you're like, they know nothing. I know everything. They know nothing. And then you get past that and you realize your parents were just human doing the best that they could with what they had. But again, I, I see it, someone like it in my mom, right? That is supremely talented and never took advantage of that talent and is lonely because of it. And it's not just because of her talent, like personality wise, like, People love my mom in the office because she's amazing. She remembers everybody's name. She knows who they ride with, where they're supposed to be solved. She's quiet and kind and because soft. She has so many things, right? Mm -hmm. And she just is, is tied down by fear and inadequacy and all these things. And I think, yes, it's easy for you to, for us to say, like, just go make friends, go do these things. And I've told my mom the same thing. And I told my own the same thing, right? Go join a club, go do this, go do that. But I, I think there's another thing. And she finally said it to me one day, like my mom has anxiety. I didn't realize she had anxiety, right? I thought it was always because of this. It terrifies her. Now, was she always anxious or did this develop later in her life? But I, I you know, she's got a couple friends that make her go out to lunch or make her go to the movies with them. She has a really good time, but she did. She had to find a group of people that fought for her to have a good time, right? They fought for her attention because she wasn't. That, that right there is probably what I'm saying about this whole thing because I didn't, I didn't think about that kind of stuff about that next chapter for other people. I'd only thought about it for myself for so long. And then once we had this conversation, I'm like, you know, maybe we do need to do a better job of fighting for those people to give them 
a little bit of what we have and let them it is for someone like me though it's super hard to let somebody in she left there you go you're back it's this damn internet in minnesota we never had one bit of problem with this in arizona says um, no flurries <laughs> you know like <coughs> It's probably easy for, well, she's your mother, so it's easy for you to let your mom in on the chaos. She's seen it since you were little, with, or since your kids were little. She understands the chaos. She is part of your chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Where for me, it's hard to let others in on the chaos just because I've got it, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. And I, I think so many people want to be included, like want to be included, right? It it adds value to other people's lives. That is and what think, she said. That is what yeah, she said. And I, I think too, like I've had this discussion before, right? And this is going to sound anti-feminist, but it's not. We've spent a very long time as women, women proving how good we can do everything just the same as men. And I had a professor in college one time that said, women tend to make smarter decisions than men. So you should never measure them by the same mar yardstick of, as of success because they can get done a lot more with a lot less, again, emotionally, financially, all of it, because that's how we function. And so I think what happens is when you become hyper-independent and you do all these things and you don't need anybody, you end up walling people out of your life and the people that you don't feel are strong enough end up not getting included. Now there could be a lot of strengths in those people that you just didn't see immediately because when you are building empires, you don't always look for the meek and humble to come along with you. And I, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying that about anyone in particular, like I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> Damn it, really? No, it is hard for me to like there, <coughs> there are certain parts of my life that, um, To be quite honest with you, like Jan and Allie are really good examples. Examples of this because they helped me with Top Hand Cowgirl from for a very long time, and they kept saying, "We want to help you. We want to help you." And I'm like, "No, I got it. I got it. I'm good. You guys just enjoy." Well, then it came to a point where I don't really got it. I'm doing not very good job of the marketing and all of that, and finally. They just took it and they're like, well, we're doing it. Like they, they kept at me until I finally broke and they took it. And that is probably what I need in my life because. And again, right. That is a female response, right? Let me help you. Not let me take it from you. Let me help you. Because, you know. Again, I am also guilty of I have all the things. I don't need your help. And then someone helps you and you're like, well, man, I can breathe a little better. Right? I can breathe easier. I don't easier. ever want it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you don't realize uh, you don't realize how much of a burden some things are just or a mental drain they are until they're alleviated. Well, no, but, I think, like you what know. I can say for like especially what Allie and Jan do for me, those are not my strong suits. It is all things that I like to do but it's not things that I'm consistent enough on. And you have to be, and I'm not, and I wasn't. 
even though I like to do it. And I was like, no, I can do this. I got this. I wasn't doing it, period. So, and it's hard to admit your faults, but it's nice when you have people who, well, love you, I guess, love what you do <laughs> and want to help to continue. <laughs> Eventually, if you do a shitty enough job for a long enough time, it's not going to work anymore. <laughs> Are you okay? I muted my mic that time so you wouldn't oh. hear me coughing as bad. Um, I don't think I'm okay. I mean, I'm never okay. I, uh, uh, no, I, I, but again, right. That's like, it's that they didn't come and take it from you. They came and helped you, which again is, yeah, well, which again is a very female response compared to a male response, which would be like, you've shown weakness and now I can take it from you. Sometimes I wish people would take things from me. Uh, We've been really busy with cows the last couple of days. And uh, James is like, how do we have time? Like, because, you know, we're still shut down from the county. He's like, how do we have time for the other stuff? It's not like this stuff wasn't here. And I was like, because we just keep going. We just keep working. There is no downtime. It's put your head down and keep doing it. And uh, I had a friend come with us the last two days and she was a lot of help. But it's the same thing. She was just like, this is a lot. I'm like, yeah. I know I don't know any different. And again, what am I going to do when I'm old and retired? I'm probably going to go crazy too, just in a different way because. Well, I don't know if we'll ever retire, but my plan is to sell everything. When I decide that I'm done, we're selling everything and I'm buying an RV and we're going to travel the world. Brandon goes, how's that going to go? You don't like to drive. <laughs> Brandon, you're going to have to drive a lot. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm back. Um, you should go on a cruise ship. There's people that live on cruise ships because it is cheaper than having a house and you get to travel the world and you have your food catered and you live on a cruise ship. For me, I can't swim. Well, you don't have to swim on a cruise ship. No. They but float. If it, if it sinks. If it I've sinks. I'm going to tell you right now, if a cruise ship sinks, you're in a lot more trouble than not being able to swim. I'm not doing that. I have no desire to do that. I would have no desire to live on a cruise ship. My, no. uh, but aunt and uncle, I think they went on a cruise for like six months. And I was like, that is a long time. But they went all around the world. I do know people, though, that live on cruise ships because it's cheaper. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not a bad way. I also... Um, you can't travel the world in an RV. You can only travel like. Okay. Yeah. The United States. We want to travel the United States uh, for a while. I don't know. You know, um, one thing about this whole, our life now, it really doesn't matter where you live. I've learned this over the last two years. It doesn't matter where you live. It's who's with you. Um, so I don't have a lot of attachment to. I have a lot of attachment to this lake, but that is it. And I could come back. I don't have a lot of attachment to anything else. So, yeah, uh, my girlfriend that was helping us the last two days, her kids have been in a very competitive sport for a while and they're kind of getting out of it. And she was like, I told my husband I wanted to buy me like a little travel trailer that connects to the back of the car. She homeschools her kids. And she's like, because I want to be able to go and visit, you know, like Carlsbad Caverns, all these different places and just go see the it's world cheaper. that's been taken, you know, that's been taken up by all this time. And she's young. Her kids are young. She wants to go do all these things. 
and it's like good on you and i and i but i I told her i was like i i don't want to go places i want to stay at home although i did clarify i wanted to stay at home and be left alone which does not just mean staying at home i want to do less things but again i do a lot of things a lot of the time and i'm, I'm tired of driving i don't want to drive anymore i want to stay at home but I think that's awesome, right? Like she, but again, she's like, oh, I need to fill my calendar. I said, I thought we were stopping doing the competitive sports so your calendar would be empty. And she's like, no, I want to fill it with other things. So, but once again, because she doesn't know how to be at home. Yeah. You know, you know I think that, that's part of that is like, it's a new chapter of her life. Yeah, so fill it with something else. But, you know, we've talked about this for a lot of different things, right? We, we, we fill the void, but it's still there. It's, it's filled up, but it's still there. And to our older listeners, it's not that, that I sound harsh again, probably because I have a different perspective, right? I've seen the loneliness firsthand. I've seen all those things and it makes me sad. And more than anything, it makes me afraid because I don't want to be that. Person. I don't want to be that way. I, I don't either. And uh, I think that too. it, it, and so for me, right, just keep moving, just keep moving forward. Don't stop. Don't let all those things that are in your head come out. Just keep moving. Just keep working. But at some point, you can't keep working, right? At some point, you're left alone with yourself. But I, I think, too, there's a certain generation that does not want to feel like a burden. And then you compound that with being female. So you really don't want to feel like a burden. You are not a burden. None of these women are burden. None of the men are burdens either. And um, you will find people that want to do things with you and for you because, again, inherently, you are enough, right? How many times have we had this conversation in relation to a lot of things on this podcast? You are enough as you are. You are worthy of being loved. You are funny. You are charismatic. You are kind. You're enough. So put yourself out there a little bit, but, um, and you'll be rewarded. And I, and I think too, you know, the lady you're talking about, there was a recent death in her family. I think that really brings to light how short your time is and how alone you can be because, it's not great at the end of your life, no matter what you've been surrounded by. For me, I feel like I'm a really thankful that we had the conversation because I had never really thought about it from her standpoint before. And now I am more thoughtful and mindful of it. And I would say that almost, it doesn't matter whatever life stage you are in your life. The best things happen when you step out of your, out of your comfort zone and you have to push yourself like to do that. And if you take the jump, good things are going to happen. And if they don't, then try something else, but it's just no different than, well, you know, you had to step out of your comfort zone when you got your cease and desist. I mean, it wasn't something that you planned on or whatever, but things had to change. When I quit my job, that was definitely stepping out of my comfort zone because I had no, just like Remy, had no idea what the hell was in front of her. I had no idea what the hell was in front of her or in front of me. But the cease and desist was not a great thing to have happen to you. But look at the time that you've got to spend with James doing the things that you love with the cattle now. Maybe, maybe the cease and desist looking back will be the best thing that ever happened. Maybe something really good is going to come from that. But we don't know. If 
I wouldn't have quit my job. I would have never got to experience life with my family full time. There's a lot of good things, but you have to be the one to make the <laughs> jump. Um, no, and I and like the important part of what you said, right, is we never know what's in, stock, in store for us. And if it doesn't work, it's not a failure. You just reevaluate and move yeah. on. Yeah. But it's if you don't step out of your comfort zone, nothing's going to change. You're going to continue to be where you are today. And and I think it's I think it's even worse. I, I honestly like the more. I talk to people, the more I see people stay in their comfort zone, it's not even that it stays the status quo, right? Their circle of life, their box of life gets smaller and smaller and smaller because everyone else is moving, right? Not, and maybe not everyone else. The majority of people are moving, they're experiencing new things. And then you get left behind because you just wanted to be uncomfortably comfortable, right? You were comfortable enough, you didn't want to act, but you were still uncomfortable that it wasn't enough. So you just found this stasis where you can stay steady and, and that's not enough for anyone. Again, right? Fail, get up, fail harder, get up again. Just keep failing until finally you find something that works and there's no problem in failure, not personally, not professionally. There's no problem with failure because it teaches you something about yourself. It teaches you something about the world. And also <coughs> if you're going to fail, fail big, have fun failing. Yeah. Like, because Maybe the funnest thing that you've ever done. Yeah. Living yeah. for yourself. The only time you don't really want to fail is parachuting. So aside from that, we're good to go. <laughs> All right, Remy, I've got to get going here. But uh, good talking to you this week. Um, hope you feel better. I hope I feel better, too. <laughs> yeah. At least I have a voice. I mean, you talked to me earlier this week. I had no voice. So. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Couldn't. Good luck with the Top Down Cowgirl Challenge. We'll try and keep up with it on Facebook. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. Like, oh, hopefully Allie and Jan are in charge of that. Because if I do it, it might not happen. But we're going to try. It'll be fun. Everybody's excited to get out and do something. Because it's just been such a long winter here. So. All, right. All right. Until next time. Be bold. Be brave. Be humble. Think that that was all backward. Not sure. No, I think that was right. Okay, <laughs> we're good. You are the one that came again. again I know. You were I can't remember she it. came up with it, and she can't remember it. So I'm gonna be go brave, be humble, be bold, be brave, be humble. I'm gonna go get a sunburn. She's gonna go and try not to get snow I'm on. I'm losing my tan. Yeah, already. I'm, I'm gaining it. Look how dark my hands Two days are. and it's gone. Oh, all right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.